I do look at the roster and what we have in the coaching staff. We should win games. We have to perform, though. We're going to hold ourselves to a high standard no matter what happens. You know, defense is going to do what they do. And last time I heard, they can't win if they don't score points. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Your chance to get an in-depth preview of the week ahead in Berea. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. your hosts, Kim Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Week 5 of the 2022 campaign and your Cleveland Browns back home on Sunday in beautiful downtown Cleveland, Ohio at First Energy Stadium for a matchup with a local flavor as the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers comes back to town to take on your Cleveland Browns. Good evening, friends. Ken Carmen alongside of Gerard Jerry. It is the Cleveland Browns preview show all across the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns radio network. Gerard, good evening, my friend. Good evening, Kenneth. It's wonderful to hear your voice, wonderful to talk to you. Away we go with four downs. First down. Uh, we'll get to Brandon Staley coming up here in a moment, but let's first get to first down. And first things first, the Browns fall to 2-2 two and two in the season with a 23-20 loss in Atlanta on Sunday. For the first time this season, the offense, they struggled. Gerard, why did it struggle and how do you get back on track, bud? I really feel what happened on Sunday, Kim, was that the offense never found its true identity. It was trying to do two different things. On one hand, we wanted to go for vertical passing attack. And, Grant, there are going to be times in the the offensive game plan that you're going to take your shots. And then at the other end of the spectrum, I felt we got back into our running game and led with that. But there was times, too, where you could make this assessment, that okay, would it be better to run in this situation when you thought about certain situations in the football game, like in the red zone area near the goal line? Was it more apt and more appropriate to run as opposed to passing? So I felt we never quite figured out our identity in that game. And I also felt, too, That was an opportunity for, and what we were exploring was, can Jacoby be a downfield vertical passer? So all those things meshed in one, I think, caused for the offense to feel as though it was stalling. But when you watch it, especially the first two drives of the game, they were works of art, Ken. They really were. They were things of beauty, how they were doing the the bootlegs and misdirectional plays and how it was all clicking and working. It's just when we got to that red zone area, it seemed to fail and falter. Yeah, things got a little bit difficult there in the red zone there. Defensively, in the second and third quarter, it was, what, just over a first down you allowed uh, the Atlanta Falcons. And then in the fourth quarter, things got pretty gassed up there for the Atlanta Falcons on the ground. It seemed that Arthur Smith kind of got upset with his quarterback, Marcus Mariota, where they just had one drive where they scored a touchdown. There were ten straight runs by the Atlanta Falcons. They even worked some pace in there. It seemed that this defensive line, and there were a couple of new guys that were thrown in there as well, maybe not in game shape, to be honest with you. A couple of these guys were just flat-out gassed. Yeah, you said the right word when you started that that, that segment, with gas. Yeah. They ran out of gas. You had guys who had not played meaningful football since August, and now we're, and we're in Pre-season. September. Excuse me, October. So you haven't had guys play since late August, and you're asking them to be in football game shape with a team that's now probably in or close to being in shape? You're not going to win that battle. And it showed up in the fourth quarter that we had no answer. And Smith did the logical, rational, and smart, prudent thing, which was make it simple. 
Mariota can't pass his way out of a brown paper bag at that moment or throw it efficiently to get out of one, why not run the football? Why not make it easy? Bring in fresh backs. Beat down a defensive line. And that's exactly what they did, and it worked to perfection. Yeah, it was very difficult to watch. I mean, they, 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 they completed seven passes in that game. Marcus Mariota did, and then the run game, and you just knew. I mean, there there was really nothing you could do except for get back on offense and try to chew up some clock, get some right. oxygen in your defense, and then be able to play defense because you, you just knew there was really not much you could do because your defensive line was so tired. It takes us to second down. Second down. Two and two through four games, one and zero oh in your division with Jacoby Brissett. There is a three-way tie for first place. There's about 14 teams that are two and two in the NFL right now. 15 teams that are two and two in the NFL right now. Would you have signed up for this if someone had told you before the season, Gerard? No. Before the season, have... no. you want to sign up for two no, and two. I would not sign for this because even during before the season, I was saying this should be a four and zero oh stretch, and you watched it right along with me. This should have been a four and zero oh stretch. So no, I'm not signing up for. 500 football when we're beating ourselves and losing to teams we have no business losing to on paper and actually on the football field as well. So, no. What needs to get cleaned up with a tougher October Lumen? Asa, oh, really, what needs to get cleaned up? Oh, it's really simple. You have to play a cleaner version of football. You have to dot your I's and cross your T's. And what that entails in the football world is you have to do alignment and assignment. Do the proper techniques, because I'm certain you have been taught the proper te- techniques. The objective is for you to follow for all four quarters the techniques, doing the proper run fits, doing the proper blocking schemes, not holding, doing the proper technique, doing the little things right. That's why we lose football games, is because we do the little things, and little things magnify to big things, especially when you're doing them in a the secondary, and especially when you're doing it at the line of scrimmage on the offensive side of the ball. So we have to do the little things right, because if we don't, Ken, I promise you, the teams that we're about to face will take full-fledged advantage of it, and we'll be out of the game by halftime and not sticking close into it. you got the Chargers coming to town on Sunday. Then you have New England, and they got a little they got a little fixed on Sunday against Green Bay, and then Brian Hoyer went down. Bailey Zappi did the best he could offensively. It seemed like they were calling a good game plan. They just got beat by Aaron Rodgers. At Baltimore, which their defense right now is in shambles offensively, they're a very good football team. Cincinnati was on the mat to start mm-hmm. off the season. They're back to 2-2. Two and two. And, of course, that Cincinnati game is on Monday night football. So October, yep, spooky season. Things can get downright scary this month. The Browns need to mind their P's and Q's, my friend. Exactly, because the key part to it all is the whole point is to identify weaknesses of a football team. And if you're doing things from a mental standpoint to get yourself beat and you're not paying close attention to detail, and doing the right thing as simple as a run fit and losing leverage and getting beaten touchdowns and scoring because of that, believe me, every team is getting the film, and they're going to see if you figure that out yet. And unfortunately for us, we've had several weeks where we've shown that we're still making mistakes that you're supposed to exercise out of your system during preseason. Let's go to third down. Third down. Today is Wednesday, the opening of the new league week in the NFL. Injury updates plenty throughout the league, and the Browns have some. Miles Garrett, both a bicep and a shoulder injury from the car accident. He returned to practice today. He was limited. Taven Bryan also returned to practice with a hamstring injury. He was limited. Jadevian Clowney was held out. Still no word yet. They said he was close to playing on Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, so that's encouraging coming up this Sunday against the L.A. Chargers. Another of A, a number of others are resting today, including Joel Batonio. Harrison Bryant was out today with an illness. 
Uh, you also have Amari Cooper, who was resting today. Uh, Jordan Elliott was resting today. Uh, Hag is out today with a concussion. David Njoku uh, with a knee injury was resting. Joe Hag out today with a concussion. Jeremiah Wusukoromo was listed today as limited with a groin injury. Isaiah Thomas with a hand injury was a full participant in practice. And Denzel Ward with back and ribs, he was listed as limited today during practice. So a big list for the Cleveland Browns. Didn't get anything on the Chargers in time for this broadcast because they are on the West Coast as of this broadcast here. So we'll know some more about the Chargers uh, later on in the week, Gerard. So still working with that starting lineup. When I make my circles on the depth chart here, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, six guys on that starting lineup right there who are circled in red as we get ready for this game on Sunday. Yeah, and that's problematic to say the least because team that's coming into town though their record says two and two do not be fooled by what they're capable of doing if they get on the right track they are a very talented football team they are especially on the offensive side of the ball with the skill position players pick your poison when it comes to the receivers because they can all beat you now williams is the marquee guy right now with my man from cal being out whose name i don't know why is escaping me right now but which one are you talking about there why why receiver for the for the chargers Keenan Allen was out. Keenan Allen, thank you. He's out. He's been out with a hamstring, is what I was trying to recall. But I was not clicking on all. For a second, I thought you might have been talking about Rashawn Slater. I'm like, he didn't go to. But I was like, he didn't go to Cal. So for a second, I was trying to make everything make sense in my head. Go ahead, Gerard. Sorry. Yeah, but you just didn't know their quality players, and then look at the tight end position and what they have there. Far as and then Eckler, what he did to us last year, and he's capable of doing that again this year. So they are a very, very talented football team. And then when you ever you have Khalil Mack. On the opposite side, you got to pay attention to that. And it's fair to say that Doran James might be the best safety in the National Football League on top of that. So when well, I tell you they're stacked, they are stacked. Well, it brings us to fourth down, exactly what you're saying. Go ahead and hit it. Fourth down. Well, Brandon Staley brings this team in at 2-2. Two and two. They spent a boatload on that defense coming into this season, Gerard. You're right about that. I mean, J.C. Jackson, Derwin James, a number mm-hmm. of others. Kyle Van Noy, they brought him in. And it has not panned out so far. And you know the Chargers and their ownership, they expect results, especially with a young stud like Justin Herbert. They want to try to maximize everything they can before they really have to pay Justin Herbert. And they (laughs) certainly will out there in Los Angeles. So far defensively, they've not been able to get the job done the way they've wanted to get the job done. And they've had a host of injuries. Defensively so far, they're 20th overall, 14th against the rush, 17th against the pass. Khalil Mack, though, still very good for the Chargers. You're going to have to keep an eye on him on Sunday. Oh, you certainly will because based upon what he's done the past few games, and granted, I'll go back to that Jacksonville game. It's just like they basically said, we don't even want to play. Now, the Chiefs beat them soundly, and then when you look at the Texans, I mean, that was just, okay, let's get back on track type of a game. So you can respect that, and they did just that offensively. Now, they did surrender some points to Texans. Which Offensively, the, they were great, but they let the Texans back in the football game. Right, and that's yeah. a problem. So from, on the defensive side, and I think overall what this team is dealing with, Ken, is the fact they got a lot of hype behind them. A lot of people have picked them as Super Bowl contenders, so they're dealing with that. But from a maturity standpoint or a maturation standpoint, even better, they haven't learned how to be that team. Remember when the Chiefs were going through that phase where they couldn't quite get there, but then they figured it out, and, and they're there now, and, they're, and they yeah. continue being a running I think the Chargers are going through that process as well with a young, 
quarterback who has great potential ability, but just figuring out how to close teams out, figuring out how to win games. Heck, we have the same problem here in Cleveland, how to close teams out. It's a process involved with that. It just doesn't happen overnight, and you have to learn through your mistakes. And fortunately for their record at 2-2, and they've learned, but I'm hoping that Houston is not their stepping stone that they're going to just play high-level football and clean football from this point on, but they can revert back to Jacksonville when they face us. You got to learn to play with expectations too, as we found out ourselves. You got to learn how to do that because just about everybody in the NFL looking for their quarterback and Justin right. Herbert to take that next step. It seemed that Brandon Staley started off like a house of fire, changing the way the NFL was coached last mm-hmm. year, and then this year a lot of questionable calls to start off this season against the Las Vegas Raiders, against Kansas City, against Jacksonville. Got some things righted last week against Houston. Now they're off to a two and two start. The Chargers are so even though he's back in Cleveland. Cleveland. You hope the Browns get him. Brandon Staley, a local guy, obviously, from Perry, Ohio, up by the lake. So you wish him well. You just don't wish him well coming up this Sunday. So exactly. a lot to get into coming up this Sunday against this Chargers football team and a lot to get into later on tonight. Make sure you mark your calendars, my friends. Face off on the lake presented by Meyer, the first ever outdoor hockey game at First Energy Stadium on February 18th. The Ohio State Buckeyes will host the Michigan Wolverines right here at First Energy Stadium. Tickets are on sale now starting at just $12. For more information, visit firstenergystadium.com slash faceoff or give us a call at 440-891-5050. Coming up in a bit, the voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Donovan, will join us. We'll also go around the league, but coming up next, Browns punter Corey Bohorkis will join us on the show. We'll talk punting as well as life. It's Ken Carmen. It's Gerard Cherry. It's the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw. If you don't play the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns preview show. You're listening to the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Gabriel Ken Carvin alongside of Gerard Cherry, the Cleveland Browns preview show all across University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Browns back at First Energy Stadium on Sunday, getting set to take on the L.A. Chargers. And a preview of the game coming up on Sunday. And to go over the science of punting, Corey Bihorquez joins us on the show. Corey, thank you for joining us. Hey, how you doing? I got that last name right. Yep, yep. I told you before I talked to you, we have, I've watched you both in Buffalo and in Green Bay before this stop, and they have pronounced your last name. Every single way you could possibly pronounce it, it's Bihorquez. Yes. Yeah, you get used to it after a couple of years, so it is what it is. Okay, you're from Bellflower, California, right? Yep. Can you tell me about the city of Bellflower? It's normal, typical city outside Los Angeles. I mean, not too much going on, you know. Really? 20 minutes from the beach, and that's about it. Wow. So do you... All right, this is a stupid question. You know how to surf or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Really? <laughs> a little bit. So, I mean... How often did you surf growing up? All the time, or no? I really didn't start till the end of my college career. Um, went back home the last semester I was in school to train and just picked it up. You know, I always was interested in it, never really had the time. So I figured since I was back home training, I had a couple extra hours, so just go out in the morning. You went to New Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah. Home of the Lobos. Tell me about uh, the University of New Mexico. It's an interesting place. You know, uh, a little bit different than what I was used to back home. You know, uh, that Southwest desert town um but it was it was a lot of cool things that went on there you gotta really like the desert to like it out there don't you yeah and i'm not a huge desert fan personally but you know may do you see snakes uh yeah a lot 
You like snakes? Yeah, I don't mind them. Saw a couple of coyotes when I'd walk to uh, weight training in the summer in the morning. Yeah. We get coyotes here. Did you know that? I do now. Yeah, when I, w- I lived in Ridgeville, we don't get that many on the on the east side. I live on the south, uh, southeast side, but I lived in Ridgeville, and that's on the west side, North Ridgeville. And uh, every now and then in the wintertime, I'd be pulling out of my uh, out of my driveway, and I'd see them. And you'd call the police to make sure because some people get them confused with dogs, you know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah, they're coyotes, and they'll, you know, they'll attack the dogs. Yeah, I think my dog will hang out all right with them. You got do- You have a dog? We got two of them, yeah. Two doggies. What kind, what kind of doggies? Uh, Aussie Doodle and a Pitbull. An Aussie Doodle. What do those look like? Uh, like a, f- uh, it's hard to explain. Like an Australian Shepherd, but you know, with a poodle face, basically. So you said we. There's a significant other with you. Yeah, wife. Yeah. A wife? I didn't know that, Corey. How long have you been married? A uh, year in July, and we just had a daughter on Monday. On m- congrats. Uh, this past Monday, but the one before on the 26th. Oh, yeah, yeah. Congratulations. What's her name? Uh, Eliana. Eliana, that's so nice. Corey Bohorkas joining us on the show. So, um, getting a lot, getting any sleep or? You know, we're making do with like, <laughs> taking naps here and there throughout yeah, the day, you know, yeah. so it's good. Are you getting too much advice on parenting yet? Not, not too much. You know, everyone is just, you know, get as much sleep as you can and take any help you can get. You know, so our, my mother-in-law is in town for a couple weeks, so. Anytime she's like, oh, you want me to change her a burp? Yep, take her. Here you go. Let me know when she's done, and I'll take her back. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. So um, what is the, without getting too graphic, what is the thing that you didn't anticipate as a father? Um, how much she farts. Huh. It is, she is gassy as can be. Really? It is the funniest thing. Yeah. Does she cry because of it, or is she okay? No, she actually doesn't cry very much. Okay. Yeah. My oldest, we had to give him gas drops because he cried like crazy, and they were like, oh, he's got real bad gas. you got to give him gas drops. Oh, yeah. No, she lets him rip. Wonderful. That's not wonderful. <laughs> Does she look around? Does she see you yet and everything like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, we did a home birth and everything, so no drugs or anything. So she was, like, wide awake from the get-go. Yeah. Your wife did all that? Oh, she's the most amazing person. Yeah. The strength. My goodness gracious, Corey Borges joining us here on the show. So what's it like uh, living in Northeast Ohio? Honestly, it's it's pretty great. I didn't know really what to expect when we you know, knew we were coming to Cleveland. I'd only driven through one time. Um, just knew it was you know, a bit of a blue-collar town and you know, kind of that farm uh, kind of lifestyle, more open land than what I'm used to. Um, but it's been awesome since we've been here. You know, we love it. You punted in Green Bay. You punted in Buffalo. I'm not missing anything, am I? Uh, and I was with the Rams. Oh, with, and New England, but you know, I didn't kick with them, so. But we'll leave them out. Um, differences in Cleveland and Buffalo. Uh, and Green Bay. Let me throw them in there too. Okay, yeah. So Green Bay, the wind isn't what you get in Buffalo and Cleveland so much, but the temperature is just nuts. I mean, we'd wake up some days and it's negative 15 outside. Uh, but in comparison to Buffalo. I would say it's just a little bit less windy because the stadium is built more upright compared to Buffalo's, and Buffalo's field level is a bit below ground, so that wind kind of gets sucked into their field a little bit. But yeah, I'd say it's pretty close to it. You a lefty or a righty punter? Lefty. How you a lefty punter? How that? Well, I mean that's natural, obviously. But is it is it odd there? Does that make you a more desirable punter because you're a lefty punter? I mean it it could be, I guess, depending on the coach and what they think about it. Um, but, you know, it, it can mess with returners. You know, I've worked with lefty snappers before, and that yeah. just the visual of it throws you off a little bit, you know. Didn't, like, Belichick or something want something like that? Like, he wanted, like, a lefty punter for some reason? Yeah, I think he had 
I know Jake's the first righty that he's had in I don't even know how many years. Really? So he always wants like a lefty put just because it comes off your guys' foot differently? I mean, if it gives, you know, even the smallest advantage, you know, why wouldn't you want it? On your right leg, there's a scar here. Can you take me behind this story? Yeah, so I was at college, and um, me and the backup kicker were trying to get onto the field to go kick, and it was locked up for some reason. So we went to hop the fence to go on the field, and my leg got caught on the chain wire and split my leg, and so I put a couple paper towels on it and went to go kick. You still kicked? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's a big, that's a, I mean, that's that's five inches. Yeah. They can't just give you a key? You could have called somebody? You would think so, but I guess not. The rough and tumble, Corey Bajorquez joining us here on the show. So when you stand, I, I know there's always like a the, the kind of slight to the left, slight to the right. Charlie Hewlett is your long snapper, correct? Yes, I believe so. Are you <laughs> are you slight to the left or slight to the right when he snaps? Uh, depends what kind of punt I'm doing. Take us through. I can't. Can't give it away. It's a secret of the pros, huh? Yeah, you know, can't give out too much. But if you watch enough tape, you can maybe figure it out. What are you drinking there? Protein shake with some blueberries. It looks like it's chocolate. There's some chocolate protein powder in it, yeah. Does it taste okay? Yeah, you want to try it? No, 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 no. No, I don't want to do that. Uh, can you, you have a tattoo there. Can you take us through that? Uh, yeah, I got a couple. So I got my wife's name on my ring finger. Oh, that's uh, we got we both have this. Hers is in English lettering. Mine's in Greek. It says hupomeno. Um, just means like staying true to God no matter what you're going through. Um, I have a spider web on my left shoulder, which is kind of like a family tattoo. Yeah, um, I have a quote from Padre Pio, who was my saint that I chose for my confirmation growing up. Uh, and then on my left peck, I have God's greater than the highs and lows. You got a lot of tattoos there, man. That's great. Does it hurt? Which one hurt the most? Um, probably the one on my finger. Yeah. Yeah, smallest one, but just right on the bone right there just was not, not fun. That's that's You said it's her name, or is that? Yeah, it's my wife's name. So I took her signature and then gave it to the tattoo artist and then he tattooed it on oh that's cool well that that's the one that means the most obviously right yeah absolutely oh, there it is Corey bajorquez joining us here on the show i want to make sure i say it right so uh punting in first energy stadium we always talk about kicking in first energy stadium what makes it a little bit different from some of the other places uh just the wind that can gust up you know just it really matters what direction the wind's coming in just with where the open areas are in the stadium that really affects how it's playing on the field, and how much you're feeling it. What other sports in high school did you play? I played soccer. What position in soccer? Uh, I was kind of all over. Um, mostly played defense, but I was pretty good at setting up people for scoring, so they moved me to the midfield so I can kind of do both. Did you play football too? Yeah, I did my junior and senior year. Did you like? Were you a field goal kicker or just a punter? Or was... uh, my junior year, I did all three, and I played safety a little bit. Um, and then going into my senior year, I just did punting. So how you just sent tape out? Is that how you got recruited? Or uh, yeah, you know I emailed a couple different colleges, and we had some guys on the team that were pretty decent. You know, we're getting looked at. Um, and so originally I was committed to Sac State, um, but then backed out because I wanted to go to Cal Poly for the engineering program. Oh, that's cool. That didn't work out, obviously. Um, and so I ended up going to junior college for two years. And where'd you go to uh, JUCO? Uh, Cerritos. It's in Norwalk, California. Well, you said it didn't work out at Cal Poly. Why? Uh, I I don't know. You know, they it was in the middle of our senior uh, assembly, like farewell assembly, and I got a call from the coach, and he was sure. like, "Hey, so we actually don't have room on the roster anymore, so we can't have you come out. Like, maybe we'll transfer you at the semester after the season." And I said, "Okay." And then they ended up scholarshiping another kid. I'm 
sorry that happened to you. That's all right. I went to a better school. Uh, I, okay, I guess. Did you ever see the movie All the Right Moves? Uh, I don't think I have. Tom Cruise, Leah Thompson, Craig T. Nelson. He ends up going to, I believe, Cal Poly at the end of that movie. It's a very good movie. Did you ever see the show Coach with Craig T. Nelson? No. You never saw the TV show Coach? How old are you? I just turned 26. Okay, I'm 10 years older than you. I saw the show Coach. Hold on. Ashby, did you ever see the show Coach? Yes. One of the security people here has seen the show Coach with Craig T. Nelson. He'll tell you about it when this interview is over. Coach was a great TV show. And Craig T. Nelson played the coach of the Minnesota State Screaming Eagles, and he also plays a high school coach of the Empire Bulldogs in the, show, in the movie uh, All the Right Moves, and he ends up going to Cal Poly. You'd love the movie. It's old-style 80s high school football. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. You, you, you would love it, but he ends up going to Cal Poly. Um, I asked you about New Mexico. I asked you about punting. Is there anything about... Is there anything about punting that you want fans to know that they don't know, that you don't think regular football fans know about punting? Um, I mean, the difference between a good punt and a bad punt could be missing the spot by an inch and a half. Really? Yeah, so people think like, oh, like, guy hits a bad ball, like, oh, he's terrible, this and that. And it could be like, oh, no, he literally just missed. It's like when you're golfing, you know, if your club face is just a hair too open, there it goes, you know. You're a good golfer, I bet, aren't you? Absolutely not. Really? Oh, I'm so bad. My wife is ten times but She was eight months pregnant shooting better than I was. Specialists are usually good good golfers. Yeah, not. I'm not one of them. Well, I'll be. All right. Corby Orquez, we thank you very much for the time. Good luck for the rest of the year. And uh, i got to tell you, it has been a real pleasure getting to talk to you and, and getting to know you. Congratulations on the new baby. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Corby Orquez. In the player spotlight. When we come back, Gerard and I will take you around the league. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Fans, be a part of the most passionate fan base in the NFL. Join the Browns season ticket member waitlist today. For the best chance at securing tickets for all home games in future seasons. Don't miss out. Go to clevelandbrowns.com slash tickets or call 440-891-5050 to reserve your spot today. Gerard, are we ready to go around the league, my friend? Yes, I, we are. I knew we were, I knew we were ready to go around the league. I knew we were ready. Could the Steelers go back to Mitchell Trubisky or is it time to sink or swim with Kenny Pickett? Yeah, they could go back to him. It would be a dumb move to do that. This season has low expectations. So you know what you do with low expectation seasons? What do you do with them? You put an inexperienced quarterback out there and let him learn on the fly. They should have done that from the get-go. But obviously you want to hold up to this idea of what Steeler culture is all about, and I respect that. And Lord knows I respect Mike Tomlin and what he represents and an organization because you got to give him props. Three head coaches in the past 60 years, that's not something that you just – with that and say as irrelevant because it's not. So they definitely have a culture in which they have high expectations. I respect that, Ken. But right now is the perfect opportunity to put an inexperienced quarterback in there and let him learn on the fly and hope that he doesn't lose his confidence as he learns on the fly. Uh, I would I would probably agree with you there. I mean, unless unless the guy were to get injured, which I don't – no one wants that to happen, my goodness gracious. Um, I, I would just agree with you. I like Mitchell Trubisky, but there was no spark. 
Um, it, it's weird, though, how they're doing the blame game in Pittsburgh. Everybody was blaming Matt Canada. And then they're like, oh, no, it's all Mitchell Trubisky's fault That's the point here. I don't get. Mitchell's not call, calling the plays. Exactly. If he knows his first, second, third, and fourth option is something short and intermediate. He can't help it if they're not go, calling deep routes. I mean, it was a setup from the get-go, man. Yeah. That's how I see it. There and it is. And it's unfortunate that he got caught up in that mix thinking he got a, was going to get a fair shot. But when they mm-hmm. drafted him number one, Pickett, that is, yep. he should have known someone was up. Yep. Number two, which is the best division in the NFL? We've been agreeing too much this season already. Which is the best division oh, in we'll the NFL here. through the quarter poll, and which division is the worst? The best division right now, and I can't believe I was going to say this, but they went from worst to first, is the NFC East. Agree or disagree? You must be crazy. <laughs> you must be crazy. Best team in football right now, the Philadelphia you... Eagles. Okay, they're the Cowboys, best, team in best the defense in football right now. Dallas Cowboys. Yes, no. I mean, they're good. now the Giants. I know that's good. the misnomer because I don't give them any respect whatsoever. I can't believe they're three and one. But granted, who they play, you can only beat who's in front of you. Now, obviously, the Commanders can bring the whole thing down, but that's just one team out of four. So I'm going to say the NFC East. That the defense. I mean, if the defense was food for the Washington Commanders. It would be porridge. The quarterback play, the quarterback, <laughs> I mean, I don't need to sit there and rip uh, that. That's Carson one Wentz team. Enough. What about the other three I named? I'm not going to sit there and rip that. It, it, Danny Dimes, I mean, I'm not on, I, I'm. this isn't six to ten. I can't sit there and, and rip quarterbacks like that. I can't do that. I can't say what I want to say. You know I can't say what I want to say. i I'll text you what I want to say about all these guys. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush I like, and you know I like Jalen Hurts a lot. I'm one for two when it comes to these quarterbacks because I was like, man. Now, I know he's a little bit older, but I was like, I like Jalen Hurts. People are people are bagging on Jalen Hurts. That kid mm-hmm. can be good. And then I was like, Justin Fields can be good. And I was like, all right. Well, I'm batting 500 right now because, well, one of them's good, and the other one, I don't know about the other one right now. That one, That one's a little bit rough. That one is a little bit rough. He's completing he's he would complete eleven passes the other day, and he's averaging like three yards per completion. By the way, did you see what Carson Wentz? Carson Wentz is like three point three yards per attempt. Yes, that means they have no protection. That is whatsoever. flag football numbers. Drive. <laughs> he can't get in the drop back set drive. and pass the football. Hey, he's not the best of quarterbacks, nor is his offensive line. So it goes hand in hand. I get it, and unfortunately for them. They didn't wait long enough and patiently enough to see what would happen with Jimmy Garoppolo because that's who they really wanted. But once things went the way they went, they opted to go with Carson Wentz. And believe me, they can't wait for this season to be over with to one, draft a quarterback, or bring someone in. So the commanders are under no command right now when it comes to winning football games. I don't think there's the best. I don't think there's the best. You You know who ends up being right about all this? There's no best. There is no best. And you know what? You know who ends up winning in all this? Who? Gerard Cherry. Because you know why? Because there's 15 teams that are 2-2 two and because two, no one knows who they are right now. No one has an identity. And you know why? Because no one played during the preseason. Exactly. And so there's a bunch of guys with soft tissue injuries, and no one knows who they are. Gerard ended up being right. Gerard ended up being right about it. And I don't know if it's going to change because the players are worth too much money. And if Kenny Carmen's the head coach of these teams, you think I'm going to put my job at stake? <laughs> well, look no. what the Eagles did, though. Peep out no. what the Eagles did. Look mm. what the Eagles did. Every week I turn on TV and I see the Eagles were somebody's training camp practicing. You know what they did? 
They found a way in which to get the work in, but they didn't do it necessarily by playing games. They increased the intensity by making sure that every week they were practicing against someone new. One of these things here is about Tom Brady. I ain't talking about Tom Brady's personal life. All I'm going to say is that it ain't just about football and a football season there. That's all I'm going to say. Right. Uh, could it factor into the 2-2 two and two start? That's all I'm going to say. That's it, that's the only question I'm going to ask. I know, I know, can I, but is that the only thing? Can it, is that, could that yeah, factor into the 2-2 two two start? Sure, of course it can. He's the leader of the football team. Of course it well, can factor if, in the 2-2 well, two two start. If your leader had to take a 10-day leave of absence from the uh-huh. football team because of personal matters, you don't think yes. that's going to impact the football team and make guys question whether what's it, what's important, what's not, and not how, how should they should approach a season? Because I was the type to where it was – Football was God, and, and I say that unfortunately because that should not be the way, but it was where I would not do that. It would be like, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, it's going to be about my football season, and the, he's caught up in something. So, yes, it has an impact on it. I totally believe that. The older you get, it's I, – I, I wish I could say the older you get, the more obsessed you have to be with it, but I think you just have to be obsessed with all times, and I think that that's, what's, that's what it's teaching us here. Gerard, fantastic as always. Browns fans, be sure to stop by the free Twisted Tea tailgate pregame party. Prior to every home game, Twisted Tea tailgate's located on the west side of First Energy Stadium. It combines the atmosphere of a beer garden with live music and, old, and food and drink options. Twisted Tea tailgate opens four hours prior to kickoff and is open to fans with a ticket to the game. Up next, the voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Jim Donovan, joins us as we get ready for the Browns and Chargers at First Energy Stadium on Sunday. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show on the University Hospitals. Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Win, lose, or draw, if you don't play the standard, there's corrections to be made and there's things to be done that are going to benefit the team, and we're all trying to work to those goals. This is the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. You're listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Going to Sunday's game, getting to First Energy Stadium quicker on game days with Express Access, presented by Root Insurance. Enroll for free today to enter through exclusive lanes at each gate. Plus, each game you use Express Access at First Energy Stadium, you'll be automatically entered for a chance to win Browns autograph merchandise. Go to the Tickets tab in the Browns mobile app to learn more. Ken Carmen, Gerard Cherry, and the voice of your Cleveland Browns joining us on the hotline right now, Jim Donovan. Jim, good evening to you. Hi, guys. Good to be with you tonight. Jim, before we look ahead to that game against the Chargers, we have to look back in the game against the Atlanta Falcons. What went wrong, and why are we at 2-2 two and two right now in your eyes? Well, I think, Ken, um, you know, late in the game, certainly the defense uh, had some, you know, the, the same old problem reared its head with a big pass play that looked like there was miscommunication on it. But I think a lot of the trouble probably started earlier in the game. I think when you leave a lot of points on the field and you don't score uh, to the point where, you know, you're in great position to score and you walk away empty once and a couple of other times, you have to settle for field goals when you're really a yard away from touchdowns. You know, that that amounts to an awful lot of points that you just kind of leave out there and, um, and then you keep it a tight game. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, that kind of dictated the way the game was going to be played because the opportunities that we didn't cash on remained, uh, kept it a very close game. And then in the second half, anything can happen at that point in time. Once the game gets into the fourth quarter and it's really as tight as that game was, anything can happen. And you have to come up then with that third, third down pass that, uh, they missed to Harrison Bryant. You got to give the ball back and 
and and we see what happens, and you fall behind by a field goal. But I think a lot of the problems happened early in the game when missed scoring opportunities were really the course for the Browns on that on that Sunday. And Jim, I characterize the first four games of the season, or the first quarter of the season, if you will, as preseason games that count. With that yeah. in mind, how close do you think we are to being a solid, very good football team and not 2-2 two and two, but playing above that threshold of 500? Well, I, I think, you know, we definitely can be there. There's no doubt in my mind the potential is there. But I think we need longer stretches, Gerard, of better play. I think that there are still these periods of time, um, and they really crop up at the worst possible time, where we look as though we are on the field together for the first time. And that's concerning to me that that hasn't been arrested and corrected at this point in time in the season. You know, a couple of games in, and I know it's week to week when you take a look at the Carolina game and you kind of escape that game getting by by giving up big mistakes in the in the secondary defensively after they had really played a pretty brilliant game defensively. And I look at that and say, okay, well, you know, you survived that one. But then you had the ultimate collapse defensively late in the game and on special teams against the Jets. And you say, all right, well, that will never happen again. And against Pittsburgh, I think everything was okay. But then it did happen again in the game on, on Sunday down at Atlanta. So the repetition of these mistakes that really, you know, pop up, um, kind of concerns me that they haven't been corrected, that they do keep happening, and I think that's the thing that keeps us away from being the kind of team that I think we all believe that they can be. Now, Jim, one of the things that I found myself doing, and I'm not the type to do this, so I had to check myself, was I was making excuses for the team. I was like, hey, down three stars on the defensive line, it was obvious that the defense got gashed and tired or out of gas and we're yeah. getting gashed would be the better way of describing it. Fair assessment or making excuses? Yeah, I think um, I, I definitely think that you could see that, uh, you know, it, it, as the game played on. Um, I think that I think if we see it, I think others should see it. Hint, hint over to that Brown sideline and say, all right, we have to go to a different style of attack here. Um, we're obviously looking to score, but we probably need to take a little bit more time Mm -hmm. off the clock here. We need to move the ball, get first downs, and also work on that clock because in doing that, we're possessing the football and we're giving that defense a chance over on that sideline to kind of get a, get their breath again before they have to go back out on the field. But I think even the time when Nick Chubb scored on that great 28 yard run, I believe that drive was only three minutes. And and then the defense was back out on the field again. So yeah, that, um, I, I think that's a I think that's a very valid point that uh, you know you could see it happening, but there's a way to stop it too because you know there are three parts to the game: offense, defense, special teams. And if the offense has to do a little bit more to help the defense on a day like it was Sunday in Atlanta, then so be it. That's what makes a great team. Right, and you definitely have to be conscientious of what's taking up place on the other side of the ball. But at the same time as I say that, we ran the football, and I recall it like it was yesterday. Chubb gets a long run, Kareem gets a long run, and next thing you know we find ourselves, well, Nick, vice versa, the order, but we find ourselves scoring. So what are you going to do about that? Because obviously you can't say, well, guys, fall down. Because the defense needs yeah. a break or a blow. You can't do that. But I would like to think with the pos- prospects of shifting over to the, ch- the Chargers who have come in town, 
How important will it be an imperative to have Miles Garrett potentially back for us as well as Jadavian Clowney? Oh, I think that would be huge to get them back. The only, yeah, the only other point that I would say, going back to our last little mm-hmm. uh, point there, is that I think at one point on that drive, I think we almost went no huddle, though. You know, we raced up to the line of scrimmage and we went hurry up. Um, and, and as you're right, and, and, you know, we caught them and, and you know, you're never going to turn down the points. But, um, you know, I just think that overall in the game, I think you really have to look at it and say, okay, we are really needing, we are, you know, needing to give that defensive blow. So let's figure out a way to do that. Um, it, it is really imperative, I think, for the right. Browns to put their best foot forward on Sunday and their best defensive team out there. And there's no doubt it would be Garrett and Clowney. It would be a great sight to see them come out and play defensively. They were sorely missed in this game, and they'll be missed in every game that they're not there, especially when it's the two of them not there. I mean, that's a huge problem for any defense to miss talent like that at such a critical position and going up against a quarterback that is – you know, just exceptional, big and strong, and and you know, with a with a rocket for an arm. So it would be a huge factor to get those two back. Jim, we thank you very much for the time. We'll talk to you again on Sunday morning. All right, we will do that. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. The voice of your Cleveland Browns, Jim Jim Donovan, joining us here on the hotline. When we come back, we'll preview the Kevin Stefanski show on Thursday and preview everything coming up on Sunday morning as we get you ready for the Browns and Chargers from First Energy Stadium. You're listening to the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. This is the Cleveland Browns preview show on the University Hospitals, Cleveland Browns Radio Network. Here are your hosts, Ken Carmen and Gerard Cherry. Thursday night, it starts the Kevin Stefanski Show, the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network, 7 p.m. Coach Kevin Stefanski, Browns linebacker Sione Taki Taki, Nathan Zagura, Gerard Cherry. They get you ready for the Browns and Chargers from First Energy Stadium. And then we're getting you ready even more. Sunday, 9 a.m., that's right, Browns game day. Myself and Gerard Cherry, 11 a.m., Browns kickoff with myself, Andy Baskin, Tyvis Powell, 1 p.m., kickoff, Jim, Nathan in the booth, Gerard. He's on the sideline. Your Browns on the field against the L.A. Chargers trying to move to 3-2 and two on the 2022 campaign. And, Gerard, if the Browns are going to do that, how do they go about that then on Sunday, my friend? Oh, this is so cliche, and you've heard me say it a thousand times. Complimentary football. But let me explain. Yes, yes. complimentary football. If you don't yes. play with all three phases – complimenting each other on this particular Sunday with what you have coming into the football game, you're going to get beat soundly because this is a very talented football team that plays an aggressive brand of offensive vertical passing game and will attack you, attack you, and they have the ability to do the same thing on the defensive side. You cannot have miscues when you return the football. You can't have miscues when you are in coverage. Alignment assignment has to be done right, and when you have the opportunity to score, especially in the red zone, you better do it. Well, it's one of them deals where you know, we, we talked about it a little bit on the show there, and, and we talked a little bit about it with Jim against Atlanta. Now, I'm not sure what the personnel is going to be. Hopefully we'll be able to get Jadavion Clowney back and Miles Garrett back. Miles practiced a little bit earlier today. But you have guys who are sucking wind on the sideline. You're trying to get them ready to go again. You have Nick Chubb. You have Kareem Hunt. You have that great one-two punch there. If you're able to hold off that, that L.A. offense – Hold them off if you can in that fourth quarter, and that is the definition. Offense helping out that defense, complimentary football. You can do it, and you certainly 
can run the Chargers off the field with this rushing attack from right. the Cleveland Browns. That's so, the one thing they don't do well. They do not stop the run. No, they don't. We'll find out coming up on Sunday. We're really excited for this one. Should be a lively crowd. Should be a packed house at First Energy Stadium. 9 a.m. Browns game day. Gerard Cherry and myself. 11 a.m. Browns kickoff show. Myself, Andy Baskin, Tyvis Powell. Kickoff, Jim, Nathan, Gerard, First Energy Stadium. Remember, Thursday night, the Kevin Stefanski Show. Don't miss it. 7 p.m. A big thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Jason Gibbs, our technical producer, Michael Bohm, associate producer, Connor Lawrence. For Gerard Cherry, I'm Ken Carmen. Thank you for listening to the University Hospital's Cleveland Browns Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cleveland Browns Preview Show. Join us next week for more behind-the-scenes Browns news from Berea. We always look at each game as how do we win this game, and what does this game call for? This broadcast is a copyright of the Cleveland Browns and the National Football League. Any other use of this broadcast, descriptions, or accounts of the game without the prior consent of the NFL is strictly prohibited. This is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network. is the University Hospitals Cleveland Browns Radio Network.